Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Pursuit from Bourbon to Brand. I'm your host, Brian, and joining me again, we have both Ryan and Kenny. Howdy, everyone. Hey, hey. So however you guys found us, we're glad that you're here, and we're glad that you're all going to be able to get a behind-the-scenes look at Pursuit Spirits brand. And today, what I wanted to, to boil down into, we've talked about some of the outward-facing things with, with the products and with the brand in general. I want to do another kind of introspective look, a question for you guys, which would you know be pretty open in it, but I want to know who all got you all where you are today? I want to know, you know, some of these pivotal steps. It's something that I always ask people about. And, and when it comes to the industries that they're in, or when it comes to, you know, how you're wired the way that you're wired or how you've become interested in things the way that you are, what are some of those stepping stones that you've had that kind of set you up to that? So again, pretty open-ended. So either of you could jump in any anywhere you want, but I just want to hear some of the some of the people who've kind of paved the way for you all. Well, Brian, at first it all starts when a man loves a woman. And then after <laughs> that. <laughs> How long can I do that before we get copyrighted? <laughs> no, I, honestly, I, I love this question. It, it's one of those things that I have to look back at, at my own sort of history and, and sort of like my own personality and, and kind of where that took me. I don't know if I can pinpoint any person that influenced how I, I operate or how I work or anything like that. Cause the way that I do things, I'm and, and Ryan can probably test it. I'm very operations focused. I'm very much a list and tackle and go get and, and trying to overachieve on, on some things and, and try to do more than I'm usually capable of doing. Now I can talk about my whiskey journey and the people that influence there, but when it comes to just personality, it, it's kind of hard to, to look at it. I know my parents were big influences back in the day of just making sure that sending you to the right school, making sure that you get good grades. I mean, my parents sent me to a different school because I was actually helping other kids learn because they had this like hybrid classroom thing going on where they had second and third graders together, where the third graders were helping the second graders. And my parents said, well, what are you doing to teach him? And that's when they pulled me out of that school and put me in a different school and and stuff like that. So it was one of these things that you know, they, they always pushed me to, to kind of get, you know, kind of go to the next level. And that's kind of what pushed me through to go to advanced placement classes in school and all this other kind of stuff as well. You know, that's, that's, I think, helped with the personality of, of grooming me to the personality that I am. But I'll talk about my whiskey journey in a little bit. So I, I'm really glad you asked this. And it was funny, we were talking earlier about the conversations that would lead to this and, and, and the questions that we're going to talk about tonight earlier on, on a text message thread. And oddly enough, the person who really got me into whiskey called me today just to check in, see how things are going and something like that. So I, I had to give a shout out to Arthur Gressick. And this is somebody that I used to work with. He was a, a coworker of mine back at EMC. So anybody that's an old tech nerd knows of the three-letter acronym of, of EMC. And we worked together there for a, a, a long time in the Louisville office. And he knew that I was really getting into bourbon. And he was already really into bourbon. And I have an addictive personality where once I get into something, I go all in with it. 
So before I got into bourbon, it was actually Halloween decorations. I consider myself a Halloween engineer. I used to live on the largest Halloween street in Kentucky where I would spend six months out of the year building decorations that would jump at you and fly off. And they were pneumatic powered and I had stuff that was timed out to a, an iPhone that you can control everything with. But anyway, I got into bourbon and he really noticed it. And so he said, well, hey, let's go do a barrel pick together. And we ended up doing barrel picks for a tech company at Buffalo Trace, at Woodford Reserve, at Jefferson's and stuff like that. And he would take those bottles and give them to customers as as gifts and everything like that. So very well ahead of his time, because uh, we're looking at like 2013 timeframe here, 2012. So around 2013 as well, and this is again before I even really knew limited edition bourbons existed or anything like that. Art comes to the office and he goes, you know, I've got some extra bottles at home. I'm, I'm probably not going to get to these and you know, I'd be happy to to sell them to you at my my cost. And I said, sure, that, that sounds great. Uh, I'm really getting into this. Let me know what it is. And so he brings me a, a Four Roses 125th anniversary bottle, 2013. He brings me an old Rip Van Winkle 10-year squat bottle. And I think it was a Jefferson's 23-year. And I said, oh, these are awesome. Like, what do I owe you? And he goes, $300. I about lost my seat. I, I had no idea. It's just like, you, you gotta be kidding me, $100 a bottle? Who the hell pays $100 for a bottle of bourbon? And I, I choked it up. I got my cash out and paid him. And that's really what kind of triggered this huge enthusiasm for me getting into the bourbon realm. And because before then, I didn't even really know Pappy Van Winkle existed. I mean, I... I may have heard it in passing, but I didn't care. I didn't know about it. I didn't hunt for it or anything like that, which is, I think is a completely different phenomenon of what you think of the whiskey drinker today, that as soon as somebody really starts getting into bourbon, they may be a few months into it. And what's the first thing that they always say? I've got to go try Pappy Van Winkle. I've got to have it. And I just remember back in the way back in the day going to liquor stores and having to buy bourbon for college fraternity parties i don't even remember looking at pappy van winkle on the shelf it like it never even dawned on me i was always trying to go grab handles kentucky tavern but that was really the the moment when when art kind of said here are the bottles that i think that you're going to kind of see and that's that's when i first realized that limited edition bourbons do exist and i started getting in even further in, ingrained and learning about online forums and groups. And I ended up meeting a lot of great people through there as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the genesis of, of how I got to where I am today is, is really having, I think we all have a bourbon Sherpa in our life, but he was really somebody that kind of showed me the, the realm of like, there's, there's more stuff than what you can find on the shelf uh, here in Kentucky, and and you just got to know what you're looking for. And so he was somebody that really opened my eyes into the the world of whiskey. You know, I I personally wanted to learn more about it because I was usually drinking very old Barton on a weekly basis, and every once in a while I would splurge. My splurge was Four Roses small batch. I mean, that's like you know thirty thirty five dollar bottle, right? That's mm-hmm. not that's that was my splurge. So that was that was sort of my you know coming to to tale of whiskey, if you will. Ryan, what about you? I guess we can go from how I, where I am today, personal side, and then the bourbon side. So personally, uh, I did. I was not like Kenny. I was not 
you know, teaching other people. I was the people teaching that Kenny was probably teaching or cheating off, you know, <laughs> I was a terrible student. I grew up, you know, just, I had divorced parents, had a lot going on, had, you know, whatever, ADHD, you know, hard time focusing. School sucked for me. I hated school. I still hate it. I hate, but I always, but if I was interested in something, like I had hyper-focus and I could like, like hyper-focus and gravitate towards, you know, that particular subject or something, you know, I was really into sports and anything that I had interest in, I could just put everything into. But if I wasn't interested, like don't even bother with it. And, you know, and that kind of, you know, went through my whole life. And, you know, my dad was a machinist, which is, uh, he did tool and die repair for, you know, manufacturing companies. And so he did a lot of work for distilleries growing up. So I would deliver parts from him to distilleries and I was always fascinated by it. I'm like, you know, I in Bart grew up in Bartstown, as people know. Haha, ha, I say it a million times, but you nobody know, you always that. nobody knew that always, on this podcast. They only well, knew from the other one. You know, in school, you'd always smell the mash, you'd always see the smoke, you'd always see the black stuff. You know, and you know that's bourbon. No one cared really about. It. I had Freddie No. You know, we played football together, basketball together. Booker No would be at our games. You know. Drew Colesveen was in my high school, you know, it's just, we grew up around it and we never really thought anything about it. Um, and, but anyways, I, I worked for my dad and he was tied into the, the bourbon industry and, and I always thought it was kind of cool that here's something that's Kentucky. And at the time, you know, Maker's Mark was like kind of just catching steam. And we, we always thought like Maker's Mark, if you were drinking Maker's Mark, you were like, you made it. You know, that was like the bougie bourbon at the time. You know, that that was kind of like our, our high class bourbon. But my dad would get, you know, bottles from Jim Beam, Heaven Hill, this and that, that, you know, as thank you for fixing our machines. Here's some bottles and we would take them and drink them. I had some like Elijah Craig 19s, 21s, 22 years that I would be a jackass, take them to college and, you know, drink them with die coke or some stupid but uh, i always love hearing that story yeah it's, it's not smart but but my <laughs> my my dad was always he was a successful businessman and you know and i would work for him and you know it'd be like sweeping floors cleaning machines doing this and stuff too and he'd always be like you'd think you're done he's like you're not done you know go back and check go back keep working you know you're, you you've missed this you've done that and so, like, always I'm, like, feel like I never, like, made it or got, like, good enough. And so, like, and that's kind of, like, been how it's, like, my weakest. It's, like, my weak is also my, like, biggest strength is that, like, I never think, like, I've made it or good enough. So I'm constantly working and tweaking to, like, perfect things. But it drives me crazy and, like, gives me insecurities. But at the same time, it keeps pushing me to, like, be better and better. And so that's kind of translated into, you know, this whole podcast, bourbon, blending, picking barrel picks, this and that. It's like somebody will say, oh, you picked a great barrel or you blended this. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not good enough. And so I just keep like tweaking, refining, working and whatnot. And so that's kind of like if we're going to do like the psychology, you know, me sit on a couch, that's uh, where I'm at right now with uh you know, everything. And that's got me to this point. Well, Ryan, would you consider yourself like competitive in that nature? Oh, totally. Like, I mean, 
I'm okay with losing, but I like winning too. Uh, you know, it's like, I want to be on top, but I'm okay with losing. I'm like, and I'm getting better as I get older, but, uh, it's definitely a, a competitive thing. And it's probably, it's probably more of an insecurity than a competition thing. I just, it's not even, I want to win. I just want to give the best, the best representation of me and what I got going on. It's like, I want, I want to give people the best experience. I'm always thinking about other people and hospitality and this and that. And that's, that's kind of like where all this, that's kind of where I go with everything we do. So aside from what you what set you all up either personally or kind of intro and as you're in bourbon, talk a little bit about how we translate then from, you know, bourbon hobbyists or bourbon drinkers and, and, you know, the people who, you know, Ryan and Kenny, the bourbon pursuit side, and then translating over to the pursuit spirit side. And again, we've talked about some various elements about that, but are there, are there folks that have kind of been working uh, behind the scenes that we haven't talked about either on previous episode um, and, and maybe ones that we talk about more in upcoming episodes, but folks who, who have helped really churn where, Pursuit Spirits has been able to go. Oh, easy. I mean, gosh, yeah. I mean, let's let's be fair. This whole thing wouldn't have started if it was just Ryan and I. We had we didn't start Bourbon Pursuit in the idea that oh, we're going to grow this into a bourbon brand. To be fair, when you look at other podcasters that are in the space, granted, if you're listening to a bourbon whiskey podcast, you you might not understand. There's well, you probably do know. There's 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 literally like 2 million other podcasts that are out there right now. And being in you know the top 2% of of podcasts that are out there you you feel really good about knowing that you have created something that people listen to, people gravitate towards and at some point you have to figure out how do you monetize that? Like how do you capture that audience and how do you start building on what Ryan tuned me into a long time ago is a, a thousand true fans. Like how do you make sure that you can, you can turn that into something that is sustainable. And so when we look at the podcast, I mean, that was something that it took a long, long time to be able to build up. And for most podcasters out there, when they start, they want to start monetizing. Or if you do, if you do start monetizing, they start doing things like writing a book, doing seminars. I, I don't know coaching. I don't think of 10 different ways that you would kind of try to monetize a podcast. We're in a very unique situation where we actually had the opportunity to create a whiskey, but that actually never would have happened if it wasn't for Macaulay Williams. So Macaulay Williams is the CEO of Big River Distilling. And he heard a podcast that we had talked on, uh, talked about a long, long time ago. And we had brought up this idea of a brand that was starting in Memphis, Tennessee, they were doing it out of a liquor store and kind of doing their own house brand. And we said, this is cool. This is not, not groundbreaking. It's not revolutionary. A lot of times way back in the day, pharmacies, grocery stores, they'd have their own in-house whiskey brands. And this is just a, you know, a, a new spin on something that's old. And what do you, what do you know? He reached out to us and said, Hey, I helped build that brand would you be interested in doing your own? I mean, if it wasn't for that phone call, we wouldn't be here where we're at today. And that really kind of set the path and trajectory of, of what came 
to be. Now, after that initial phone call, yes, there's a lot of other hands and, and names that really kind of take place in regards of helping us form a business, helping us figure out how to find whiskey, partner with us, create cool blends for United. I mean, there's there's a there's a, a huge huge sum of people that we have to thank for that. But really I have to say that it goes back to Macaulay just in that that first phone call to figure out how do how do we even get this thing off the ground? Uh, how do we take this just from idea into oh crap, now we now we just spent twelve thousand dollars in whiskey. We don't even have a label or a bottle or a distributor, but we'll figure this shit out. It's it's I, I've tried to think about this and wrap my head around all of it many times, and I, I really just can't. Yes, we we've worked very hard and we've capitalized on the opportunities, but for the opportunities to fall in our lap the way they have, and the people that have we've met and just been you know aligned with has just been incredible. I mean, Macaulay you know, reaching out to us. I mean, that, that, why, why would he reach out to us? You know, it's like, he doesn't, he didn't have to, he didn't need us or anything. And then, you know, and, and the more and more I look back, you know, so Macaulay was creating his own brand at the time, Blue Note, and he was doing things. And I was like, you know, that's pretty crazy. You know, he's thinking too big and, and I'm an entrepreneur as well. And I, and, I have visions and like dreams and stuff, but you, he would always just talk about like where the whiskey business is going, where it's going to go. And then like, you're like, and then we're like trying to do our brain. You're like, ah, Macaulay, that's not going to work here. And then, but everything he has said is like came true. And like, he is like been a true visionary and he's, he's been like, he was so instrumental to like where we are today. It's, it's crazy. And not only him, but just like every single guest we had on the podcast, like, you know, that we've had the benefit to learn from the best of the best, you know, in the industry, you know, from Nancy Fraley to Joe Beatrice Tripp, Chris Morris, Jim Rutledge, all the, I'm forgetting that, Trey Zoller, you know, we, we've learned from everyone that's either worked for a company or sourced whiskey or this or that. And every time, you know, I was just like, most people have to so pay these people for this kind of <laughs> consultation, right? Dave Pickerel, <laughs> we had Dave Pickerel on, you know, and it's like, it's like we had the elite consulting team coming on our show, talking to us for free. And if you didn't think I was soaking that up because I was a bad student, but I love business. And like I said, if I'm in love with something, I hyper-focus and I love this industry and I love this business. I love bourbon and I love this business and I'm obsessed with it. And when we'd go to these talk to these people, I just soak it up, soak it up every time. And, yeah, we were just able to like take all those lessons. And then, you know, I had a friendship with like Drew Colesveen, you know, I go to his house, smoke cigars, and I would just pick his brain and just listen and just understand like, what does it take to go from a source brand to making your own, to blending, to this and that, you know, and not knowing that I was going to create my own brand at some time, I was just interested. And then when it comes time to do our own brand, we had all this knowledge and you know, guidance to like, well, this is what they did. And, you know, we, so it, we're almost at like an unfair advantage almost. And it's like the stars have just aligned. Like, yes, we have worked hard and made the most of our team, but uh, there's just been so many people that have been so helpful to us along the way. 
for sure. And I, I also want to give some credit to Ryan here as well, only because I think he is he has shown me what it is to be a good leader and a good businessman and, and kind of look at it from that perspective. I always had this idea going through college and kind of growing up being in tech that I'd be retired at 35. That was my goal. My goal was to be retired at 35. I I missed that, by the way. So if anybody's listening, like it's that's yeah, that, you passed it. Yeah, that's that that's 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 gone. But part of that was, I thought I had an, a capability to create an idea and start a business and, and grow it and sell it and kind of like live off, you know, you know, live on my yacht somewhere. Uh, of course, that didn't happen. And if that didn't happen, then I was like, okay, I'll go be a CIO somewhere. And once we started getting into the podcast space. And I realized that a lot of my tech background really helped in the podcast space, being able to execute, knowing everything that we do now on the podcast side for our entire pipeline of, of things. Uh, I've really come to see that, you know, owning a little bit of a piece of the podcast and, and kind of taking care of that business is really starting to drive my my want and my need to want to start growing and building more businesses, kind of have that entrepreneur kind of mindset. So Ryan's been a pretty big influence on me just in regards of knowing how to conduct, how to act, how to talk in certain situations and, and how to do those types of things. So, you know, it's it's one of those things that, you know, he's got a, a type of personality that's a lot different than mine, but we complement each other in regards to that. So he's he's able to to kind of show those those characteristics and those personality traits that that do very well that are very personable to um, you know different types of relationships and everything like that and so it's one of those things that you know I'm continually learning from him on how those type and how he's been able to successfully grow two different businesses outside of the podcast and the the pursuit spirit side thing as well. Well, I appreciate that, and you teach me stuff all the time as well. And I'm I'm a great dreamer, visionary, and like like understanding people and I have a great emotional intelligence, but Kenny's great at implementing and executing things, which I have a hard time because I am ADHD and trying to like, I can sell it. I can go be a vision. I can create relationships, but execution is not my thing. So it's, it's a great, it's a great balance, but I've just been, I don't know. I've always been a lifelong learner. Like I never think I'm done learning. It's like, there's so many people, people interest me. There's so many things to learn and understand. I've just learned that the long-term people like to make shortcut. And I did this when I was younger in business. You know, I thought the same thing, Kenny. I was like, when I started Go Green, I was like, I'm going to be true green in two years, you know? And it's like, you get humbled pretty fast by business. It's like, it puts you in your place. And then you just learn that it's just a slow, you know, nice methodical, it's a drip, you know, as Seth Godin calls it, a drip, drip, drip. But yeah, it's a, I don't, Brian, we probably talked way too much, so we should probably <laughs> let you answer. I feel like I'm Jim Rutledge here just rambling on. <laughs> no, I mean, the next the next question is very specific to the things that you were mentioning and whether it be uh, some of the guests that you all have had on the podcast that you, that you mentioned before and what you've been able to learn from them. Are there any nuggets of information? Or is there anything that someone has said specifically to you that resonates with you that you, that kind of either drives uh, a way that you think in regards to, to, to the industry or to, you know, the spirit side of things, or that keeps you going, whether that 
is an old teacher, whether that is one of the guests on the podcast or someone else who's further along or at a different place in the industry, is there some sort of saying that they gave you or, or again, bit of information that just sticks with you? You know, it's hard to pinpoint that we've, because at this point we're over almost 500 episodes of the podcast into it through, through everything. And so it's hard to look back at, at a lot of those. I, I will say that I give, when I, when I just think about the bourbon market and everything in general, and it's not even really the business side, I do have to give a, you know, a, a tip of the hat, kind of a, a nod to everybody that's on the round table, because when you bring the collective minds of, of all of us together, it, it brings a, it, it just brings this sort of sensation that we are talking about the same topic, but we're looking at it from five different perspectives or six different perspectives. How many people are on the round table that night? But everybody brings it from a, a different place. You've got some guys that know the finance side. You've got Fred that knows the history side. I look at it from a tech side. You've got Ryan that is very much a, a independent way of looking at it from a very business entrepreneurial kind of aspect. And so anything that we tackle from a you know, whether it's a pop culture thing, whether it's a business decision, uh, you know, why did they purchase this company? Like, what could they possibly do for it? We all have a different way that we we analyze things. And so when you're able to kind of get, <laughs> I don't want to say a Mount Rushmore of bourbon together, but when you get these kind of people together and you're able to sort of like have this, this conversation around it, like one particular topic and for a few minutes at a time, you're able to digest a lot of information really quickly and you start seeing all the different angles that you had not seen before. And so you have this ability to kind of just look at, you know, the backgrounds that they bring, the history that they bring, their specialties in their daily work, because other than Fred, none of us do bourbon whiskey full time. And so we have this this sort of thing that lingers in our day job that we had gone to school for, that we've all learned that we still practice every single day, that we bring those teachings into the whiskey world at the same exact time. Yeah. The round table, gosh, when we start United and started doing it, I would, every time I would come up blends, I would send them and get feedback from them because I'm like, if they don't like it, then nobody else will. And they're, you know, you know, obviously Fred's one of the best palettes. Blake's incredible. Jordan, Brian, Eric, Carrie, Carrie, Carrie. I was going to say Kenny, but it's like, I know it's Carrie. But anyways, to have them is like, we, we've created such great friendships with them. And to have them to like, when you got an idea or this or that to bounce off, it's been a instrumental resource to have. But I went to this conference one time for my lawn care. And I, this guy had had a pest control company. He had grown, you know, for 10 years. And he always said, you always need to be thinking like $2 million down the road, like in revenue. So he's like, always be thinking like, you know, five to six years down the road of like, what's going to happen. And it's like, and that's always kind of like stuck with me. Like, all right, how can we, we got this now, but how are we going to get it there? You know, in six years, you know, because if this is good now, it's going to be even bigger in six years. And the problems we're facing now, they're going to be amplified times that, you know, when we scale. And so it's always been in my mind and like how I think about things is like, all right, as we get bigger and this and that, it's like, how do you, 
think about those challenges and what potential, you know, roadblocks or opportunities, stumblings can happen along the way. And and far as the whiskey side, gosh, I, I can't pinpoint how much advice because so many people giving me so much stuff. I mean, I just like Joe and Trip at Barrel and on the blending side, we would go in there and they would just talk and I would just shut up because I mean, they make in fantastic blends and I would just, you know, I would just prod and try to be like, so Trip, what's your base blend? You know, what, <laughs> what are you trying to work on? You know, that's what I ask everybody. I'm like, so tell me your bait or like, what do you go for when you're looking for a base or what are you looking for when you add or take or this or that? You know, and I would do that. Trey Zoller is my neighbor and I see him walking around. He's not my neighbor, but he lives like three streets down and I see him walking and every time I'm running him down, like, Hey Trey, uh, so how do you do this? You know, <laughs> enjoy your walk, but I really want to pick your brain about whiskey, you know, or Drew calls me, I'll be at lunch and I'm like, well, what distributors, why do you do this distributor? How do you, what do you do this with scale? What, you know, when you're blending, you know, if you're blending at this barrels, how do you go about it? You know, it's, I don't know. There's been, been so many people that have given me such great information and I'm always trying to learn from all and they've all been instrumental in where we are at today. Down the road, aside from where Pursuit Spirits goes as a brand and what all you all accomplish as a brand, Flipping this around a little bit about, you know, who got you all where you are today. What do you all want to be known for as individuals? So not necessarily as a brand. You could talk about it as a brand if you want. What all do you all want to be known for five, six, 10, 20 years from now? What what kind of legacy are you hoping to leave behind? And, and you know, you don't you don't necessarily have to get guys deep, dude. You don't have to get like personal family type thing. I mean, I'm I'm just meaning like, you know, for the people who have been able to help set you all up on your path and in the industry and and as a brand, you know, been able to get you to where you are and, and continue to develop your all's minds and and wrestle with these ideas like you're talking about on the round table, you know, what do you hope can be said about you all? Personally, I think it's hard to answer that because I don't feel that we're at the stage yet that we can say, oh, I hope people remember us for this. We have so much still more to accomplish. Like we are just getting started. Like this is, we are just entering the cusp of of what we want to build. And we have got plans from here until 2031 already roadmapped out. And that 10 year roadmap doesn't mean anything at this point unless we we hit it and i don't feel that we're going to be there i would say at this point the one thing that that i love it's not about it's not about my legacy it's not about what i've built or anything like that i think the proudest thing that i have built so far that i would hang my hat up on that i feel really good about is that ryan and i together through bourbon pursuit we have gone through and we have captured the stories and the histories as what has built the bourbon industry. And we have forever cemented that in the digital world that will forever be available. This is, that is something that I feel is, is a, a huge accomplishment because before us, now 
don't mean me wrong. There's a lot of people that have come after us and there's a lot of people that will still come after us. And there's a lot of people that are still doing bourbon podcasts. But before we came around, there really wasn't anybody that was doing what we were doing. There was nobody that was going around and capturing the stories that were happening at everybody's favorite distillery. There was nobody that was capturing the history of sitting down with some of these distillers, some of these brand ambassadors, some of these bloggers, these authors, these pundits, these people that are in the industry. Nobody was sitting down with them and capturing the history of, of how they saw bourbon through through their eyes. And, and now that you put this in sort of some sort of digital record that's not going to go anywhere. And gosh, if you think about it, like 50 years from now, I mean, if, you know, when we're not here, the, our grandkids, our great grandkids will probably be here in 50 years. It's yeah. Hopefully. 85, 86 <laughs> well, for me. You know, ah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the, the under maybe, um, maybe I'll be a little grim, grim with it, but you know, that's, it's just a way that I can look and say, you know, we were able to capture a lot of that history. We were able to capture the stories and and provide that to to anybody that wants to listen to it. And you you have something that's out there. And I honestly, I just feel that what we build with Bourbon Pursuit, the interviews, the stories, everything that we share is is more than just talking about, oh, um, you know, is this bourbon? Is this is this better than Elijah Craig B five seventeen? Like, I don't care a shit. Yeah, about but is that. it like, though? That's that's. We'll talk about See, that I, later. I, I get that gets the <laughs> hits, man. But I tell you, for me, like I love the stories. I love the history. I want to come away learning something and and growing and expanding my my mind of of what did I come away with today that makes me a smarter human. And so I feel very accomplished knowing that that we are continually doing that and we are providing that as as a free service to the world to be able to kind of put that out there. And it's granted, it's something that, that we both love to do, but it's, that's something that I'm, I'm very proud of. And I, I'm very excited to kind of continue doing that as, well, I mean, as long as we can until it becomes too much. Yeah. I can second that. I mean, that's, I, I've never thought about it that way that we've ingrained our part in history, that these stories will be captured forever in the digital world. It's pretty cool, you know, cause people geek out over finding like, law documents from George T. Stagg, like taking over, you know, the certain distillery and, you know, who knows what happens a hundred years from now. They're like, Ron and Kenny, we're talking to Harlan Wheatley, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's kind of crazy to think about that. I, I like that Kenny, but you know, for me, you want to be known as the greatest master blender of all time, don't you? No, no, no. That's definitely <laughs> it's not. fine. You can admit it. I mean, we want that for no, you too. This is so. I've gone through this. You want to go to the I've, master blender Olympics and come away with gold? Is that what it's? Is that what it is? Nah, Dixon Deadman's got that. I can never. <laughs> Do they have those though? Do they have competitions like that? It, it's it'll be coming. I'm sure. <laughs> we can we can create them. We'll we'll rig it. But I've thought about this a lot because I'm as Kenny may know, or a lot of people I'm close to, I'm very philosophical. I think about things. I like to understand things. I want to understand what drives people, what drives me. But what drives me is my purpose is to, is to live a memorable life by loving, leading, teaching, and creating opportunities for my family, my friends, my business partners, and my community. And I want to make sure I put their needs in front of mine. And what Bourbon Pursuit has done for me and Pursuit Spirits is the the community and connection factor like 
the community that has been built without us, you know, it started with us, but that's been built without us with Patreon and Discord and the barrel picks, you know, every barrel pick and there's people coming in town. I look forward to meeting them and making this connection and talking and meeting people and just hearing their stories and where they came from. And that's, and I, every time I meet them, I want to give them like the best experience ever. I want to make sure it's like the best day of that they've ever had, you know? And, and that's the same thing with the bourbon brand. I, I love blending whiskey and I love creating a great product, but I want people when they open it to just sit around with their friends and just have a conversation and have good time, like just have a good time and be able to enjoy it and talk about, Oh, I was doing this, you know, I was got this bottle. I got that, you know, it's, that's what bourbon's all about. It's about you're in the moment. It's one of the only true times you're like present with friends, with the whiskey, with everyone. And it's, it's magical. And that's what I hope to create with these products is that somebody can just sit down either by themselves or with friends and family and just enjoy the moment, you know, together. And that's what I hope that we can create, you know, we, which I think we have done with through the podcast and community. And I hope with Pursuit United and Pursuit Series that that's what we've created for people. And the gold medal at the Master Blender Special Olympics. <laughs> that's, that's, right. <laughs> that's right. And if there's an opportunity to get gold mem- gold medal and I have a chance to take on Dixon, I will do no. <laughs> Ryan actually hit on it one. I, we can't we can't think enough of all our supporters. And this is not only just friends and family, but dear Lord, I, I don't we can't stress how crucial it is to have our super fans in the Patreon community that are truly our cheerleaders that continue to not only just be there to listen to the podcast, to not only listen to the podcast, they're they're there on the live sessions. They're there asking questions. They're a part of it. Like they want to be there, which is great. Like we want that. We want that interaction. But they're also our, our foot soldiers. I mean, they're the ones that when we come out with a product, they're the ones that get first access. They're the ones buying it. They're the ones that are trying it. They're the ones that are advocates for us and, and talking about it and, and spreading the good word. Honestly, we couldn't do a lot that we could uh, without them. And and that always goes back into what Ryan had told me a long time ago about the, the thousand true fans theory and, you know, having those types of people that can help us build and grow will continue us to help and build and grow for the next decade. And you know, we've at this point, like there's, there's no plans for us to go anywhere. We're putting down tons of whiskey, putting a lot of investor dollars down into it because we, we have a very, very good feeling about where this is going and our product we feel is, is very good as well. And, you know, as hopefully the, the, the good reviews keep, keep pouring in, we're always happy to see it. And we just want people to, to help spread that message too. We all know that it's really good. Like Weller 107, it's really good. And we, and everybody for some, somehow that gets out there. And then all of a sudden, everybody that's not even into bourbon knows that they're looking for red label 107. We want to get to the point where, yes, like everybody like knows about, you know, our whiskey, but they want to start searching for our whiskey. They really want to start finding it. And, and I know that, you know, we'll never be able to create enough, you know, enough to be able to satisfy a demand if that ever happened. But just to know that 
people are out there looking for it and we want to help, you know, create, as Ryan said before, those sort of lasting memories, being able to give a bottle to somebody and, and be able to have it share at either a special occasion or something like that. And, and we're just excited to keep bringing fantastic and great whiskey for years and decades to come. Well, boys, I appreciate your time for tonight. Thanks for kind of going deep a little bit on these questions, both, you know, past was, and We got and philosophical, future. didn't we? We, sure, we certainly did. But I, like I think it's, it's, so. it's, I think it's interesting. Cool. It's fun. Absolutely. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. As always, if you all have questions that you want to bring up for me, Kenny, or Ryan, or if you have podcast request topics for the show, feel free to email us at podcast at pursuitspirits.com. You can interact with us. You can find us at Pursuit Spirits on the social channels. And if you haven't, be sure to like, subscribe to the podcast on your platform of choice. We want to interact with you and we want to make sure that you are getting the most out of what we are able to peel from behind the pursuit. Thanks for tuning in as always, everyone. Until next time, we'll see you all later. Thanks.